me sing so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged23rd chapter, and I will turn your attention tonight to the 33rd verse. What a great job this choir did tonight. Let's give them a great big hand. Thank you for your sacrifices and rehearsals. Looking forward to a good time of getting to travel with you here in a couple of weeks to Chicago. It's going to be a wonderful time. Luke chapter 23 and verse number 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said, Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost tonight. I may know a few who I may be speaking to tonight, but several in this room that I feel that I'm perhaps speaking to with what I feel the Lord has laid upon my heart tonight. And I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost urging me. I had 
two different messages that I wanted to preach tonight, and I kept coming back to this passage of Scripture. And I just kept feeling a nudge of the Holy Ghost tonight to, to just ask you, before you do what you do, will you consider doing it at the foot of the cross? And if you can't with comfort and ease do it at the foot of the cross, may I challenge you tonight to make your way to the foot of the cross and seek the Lord's counsel and guidance for your life. I have been stirred throughout this evening as I considered the power of the cross, the power of the cross. Lord, help us tonight to preach what you have laid up on our heart to this great congregation of people that are gathered here tonight. I pray that the strength and help of the Lord is prevalent in this room. That the direction and peace of God comes over this house tonight. And that your blood flows freely throughout this room tonight, cleansing from sin. I pray tonight, Lord, that every person in this house becomes reacquainted with the cross of Calvary tonight in the blood of Jesus. And that as we pull ourselves close to the cross tonight, Lord, that you would speak into every heart and every life of your awesomeness and your greatness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I find that I can preach on any other subject other than the cross. And people seem to just find it exciting, find it thrilling. But when we come to the subject of the cross, it seems offensive in today's society to even preach on the cross. We can preach on good works and self-help and social improvement and all kinds of things and People will applaud and stand and cheer on. But when we preach on the cross and the blood of Jesus, it seems to cause people to become offended. The offense of the cross chiefly arises from the fact that the cross condemns every man, woman, boy, or girl. There is only one way to be saved. It really doesn't matter what the Pope said or what the Pope thinks. There is only one way to get to heaven. And that's by way of the cross. The songwriter said it right when he said, The blood will never lose its power. And it is impossible for the sin of any man to be forgiven without the shedding of blood.
the message of there being only one way to get to God in today's society is a message of offense in of itself. Let's be careful not to offend, they say. Let's not name the name of Jesus, they say. Let's offer everybody their opportunity to get to heaven the way they want to get to heaven. But I came tonight to stand in this pulpit and speak of a surety that there is only one way to be saved. And that is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Ecumenicalism has ushered in, or at least has opened the door to the idea that there are many ways to get to God. You seek your way, and I will seek mine. Political correctness calls for us to never mention Jesus Christ, the cross, or the name of Jesus, but rather to speak in more tolerable and inclusive terms. In spite of all that, we may hear the pressure and we may feel the pressure from this postmodern society that is still pressing on us to fit into the mold and fall into the character that society is trying to put us in. But I came tonight to declare that the message of the cross is still as powerful today and still as compelling today as it was when the first drop of blood fell from Calvary's hill. The preaching of the cross is the power of God unto salvation. It is the preaching of the cross that brings opportunity and life and hope to mankind. We package it in many different forms and fashions, but I come tonight to tell you that you cannot be saved without the cross. And I come tonight to remind you that whatever in life you seem to be doing and whatever in life you seem, whatever direction in life you seem to be going, my call to someone in this house tonight is to take a trip by Calvary one more time tonight. And while you're at the floor, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost. And while you're at the foot of the cross, why don't you look up to a dying Savior? And why don't you look up to a bleeding Savior tonight and look Him in the eye with tears streaming down His, his cheeks as He reaches toward you with blood streaming from His forehead and from His back and from His side. And when you look at Him and He looks back at you, I say to you tonight, would you look at Him and would you ask Him, Lord, what would you have me to do? Law in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross calls us to self-denial. It is the cross that calls us to self-denial. The self-denial that Christ spoke of is the very bedrock of discipleship. When Jesus speaks of self-denial, He is not merely speaking of denying oneself a pleasure, or a comfort in life. But on the contrary, it goes much deeper than that. Jesus is telling us that we can no longer be the center of our life. We can no longer be the center of our life. The cross calls us to look to Jesus and the cross as the center of focal point of our life. Before you make a decision in life, can I challenge you, would you make a trip by the cross? Before you do anything in your tomorrow or in your future, tonight could I ask you, 
to make a trip with me by the cross? And could you look to a Savior that loved you and us enough tonight that we have, yes, Gentry said it so right, and I want to preach about it someday. He said it so right tonight, we've tried to describe him. We've tried to find words that are comparable to him. And we can find no words because there is nobody quite like Jesus. We look for words and we sing phrases and words and hymns and we change them and put them to rhythms and songs. But I come tonight to tell you that greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. Oh, if the passion and the burden that is burning deep in my spirit tonight could somehow enter into the hearts of every person that is hearing this message. I want to speak to you tonight and I want to declare to you tonight that God is still in love with you. He hasn't given up on you and He hasn't quit on you. Don't quit on Him. Don't give up on Him. Don't walk away from Him. But let the cross speak into your heart tonight that he loves you enough to lay down his life for you and to give his all. The cross is calling us to self-denial. It's calling us to put him as first in our life. It's calling to put him as the center of our life. Jesus, you are the center of my life. Jesus, you are the center of my joy. Jesus, you are my everything and you are my all. Songwriters have tried to put it into words and phrases and nobody can really come to an agreement that there is a a complete correct way to say it. But there is something in your heart and something in your spirit that is wanting to communicate with God tonight and that is the wonderful avenue that we have to communicate with Him. A few moments ago as the choir was singing I could find no words to describe what I was feeling. There were tears in my eyes. There was joy in my heart. There was a feeling of gratitude and satisfaction. We look here at a a strategic point in in, uh, the calendar and we look into... um, Uh, the stars and the heavens tonight as we are going to experience a blood moon. This is a very significant time until night, until 2033 there will, they say there will never be another sight like you're going to see tonight between 9 and 11 p.m. This is, this is amazing, an amazing night for people who love to gaze into the heavens and for those that look away and, and find meaning in all of the things of heaven. I don't, I don't know tonight. I, I'm sure that I'll take the time to go out and take a glimpse of, of, of what uh, the rest of the world is going to see. It's going to see over the entire world. I thought that it was fitting tonight that we preach on this because the Bible says that when Jesus died that darkness came over all the earth until the ninth hour. And at this point there were some things that transpired in the heavens that were significant to the time frame of of, of man. Could it be that tonight, I'm not preaching that tonight is the coming of the Lord. Don't misunderstand me. It could be. I didn't come tonight to scare anybody or to stir anybody's emotions to, 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 to believe that this preacher's coming and prophesying to you tonight that this is the end of the world. But it could be a transitional moment in your life. 
It could be tonight that at the conclusion of this message you make your way to an old rugged cross and the decision that you were about to make today, God has changed your mind in light of the cross and you will go another direction that will affect your destiny. I'm coming tonight reaching for somebody to not walk away from God, not walk away from truth, not go your own direction to find your way to the foot of an old rugged cross and find the stench of the old soldiers that were piercing his side and look away to a bleeding Savior tonight and find salvation and hope in him. The cross calls us to self-denial. Jesus calls us to follow him. It was Martin Luther, I believe, that said a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, suffers nothing, is worth nothing. When we reach a point of complaining that there's too many requirements, too much expected, too much giving, too much sacrifice, all we need to do is make a trip to the cross. Because when you get to the cross and you see the ultimate price that he paid for us, it changes our opinion of our small sacrifice. We sacrifice an hour. We sacrifice two or three hours for a church service. We sacrifice an hour in prayer. We sacrifice partial uh, part of our finances, but Jesus gave it all. And all to him I owe. Sin has left its crimson stain. Oh, but he has washed it. White as snow. The cross causes us to realize the value of our own soul. What would a man give in exchange for his own soul? Asking yourself the question tonight of what is my salvation worth and what is my walk with God worth and what is my life and my future worth? Could you ask that tonight at the foot of the cross? Could you ask it tonight standing before a Savior who gave his all and ask you to give of your all? Jesus goes on to explain that our souls are more valuable than anything in the world. For what would a man give in exchange for his soul? We live in a society today that may know the cost of everything in a moment. With just the click of a cell phone, we're able to discover the cheapest price in our area. But perhaps we've lost the value of everything. Because we value gratification above sanctification. We value pleasure above righteousness. We value the things of this world above the things of God. Jesus asked us to consider what would we give in exchange for our own soul.
Charles Swindoll wrote a book, and the book is entitled Living Above the Level of Mediocrity. And in his book, he writes about the world system and how it is committed to at least four major objectives in which I'm going to summarize for you tonight in four very quick and short words and phrases and share with you what he says in his book. He says the world system is built around four things, fortune, fame, power, and pleasure. It's the four things the world system is built around because it is the four things that human nature desires the most. First and foremost, it is fortune or money. The world system is driven by money and its need for materialism. And we sell out everything we have in order to gain another dollar. Can I preach? Can I be a pastor for a few moments tonight? I, I In no way I understand. We all live in a world that requires us to work certain hours on jobs and we're required to work weekends and all the above. But can I tell you tonight that if we ever reach a point that we begin to prioritize money over the things of God, we have put things out of position in God's great, in God's great scheme for our life. Can I challenge you tonight before you say yes to working on a church night? Would you ask Jesus, does he feel like it's all right standing at the foot of the cross if we miss another service just to be able to pad a pocketbook or add to the savings account or do something of our pleasure? Can I come tonight and say that the Lord has sent a messenger tonight to for us to realign our priorities? Don't leave tonight saying that pastors telling me I can't miss work can't miss church to work I understand the requirements but I also understand priorities what are you putting first the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added unto us the second thing in Swindoll's book is fame he says the world's social system is so built around fame and popularity that everything that we do seems to be built around who we are around and fame is the longing to be known, to be somebody, and to be somebody in somebody else's eyes. It's a desire we all have. It's a sin actually that we all have to fight against. Because if we're not real careful, we'll get lifted up in our own eyes and think more of ourselves than what we should. The third thing he talked about was power. And the power, he's talking about having influence and maintaining control and influence over individuals or groups or companies or whatever it may be. And it's a third issue with mankind that that we all have the potential to struggle with. And if we're not real careful, we will fall in line with the world's system and we will get caught up in seeking power and fame and fortune. And these things will manipulate and maneuver uh, us to manipulate and maneuver others to do exactly what we want done. We don't care who we hurt. We don't care who we're offending. We, we move to a point where we will sacrifice our family for fame. We will sacrifice our family for fortune. 
fortune. We will sacrifice our family for, for a little bit of popularity. We'll ignore them and won't talk to them, but we'll quickly try to find somebody that can help us climb the ladder that we can socialize with and climb the ladder with. I come tonight to call us back to the foot of the cross because at the foot of the cross we all stand on level ground. I know that sounds a little cliche-ish tonight, but when we stand at the foot of the cross, we all are standing on equal ground. The fourth thing he talks about is pleasure. There's a difference in pleasure and rest. Everyone needs rest. There's nothing wrong with rest. There's nothing wrong with vacations. As a matter of fact, you need to take them. You need to take some time away with your family. You need to get along with God. I just told my wife the other day that I'm at a point that I realize that my I'm not reading like I need to read. I'm not spending the time alone with the Lord that I need to be spending, that I need some time to pull away, just me and the Lord, and just spend some time with Him and praying and fasting and seeking the Lord and replenishing my spiritual walk. So in no way am I preaching against vacations or time to replenish or recharge your your, your physical batteries but I am preaching tonight about the desire for pleasure when we reach the point that that our, our basic thought in life is what brings pleasure to me it, my fulfillment is all found in my pleasures and my desires it's a mindset that will cause us to fall in love with this world and before long this world will become our home and we'll forget about the price that was paid of the, at the cross and we'll forget about our eternal home home in heaven that we're trying to get to. Don't fall in love with the pleasures of this world. Don't fall in love with the pleasures of sin because they're only just for a season. But there is an eternal day that we're going to spend with the Lord and make sure that you don't allow, oh, it just doesn't seem right or it just doesn't feel right to me. And so I'll go here or I'll make this decision or that decision because it'll make me happier or it'll please me more or it'll give me more fulfillment. Be careful, ladies and gentlemen, that before you step into the, to the arena of pleasure, that you do so at the foot of the cross and look at the price that he paid and ask him, Lord, direct my life. Am I putting my own feelings ahead of your will? The cross calls us to stand with the Lord. The cross calls us to stand with Him. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. We must never get so accustomed to the preaching of the cross we must never get so accustomed to hearing the cross being preached that it's just another message on the cross. And we must never reach a point that, and let me speak to the preachers in this house tonight, we must never reach a point that when we study and pray and prepare to preach at the, on the cross that we can do so without being emotional and passionate about the cross. If you get, reach that point, don't preach about it. 
Spend some time in prayer until you become passionate about it. Because when we preach about the cross, there's got to be something that moves from the very bottom of your being all the way to the top of your head and in the very depths of your spirit that is drawing you and reaching for you to reach to others because it is the power of God unto salvation. It's to them that perish foolishness, but to us the power of God unto salvation. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Give the Lord praise in the house tonight. We've been given the blood of Jesus freely. You didn't pay for it. You didn't earn it. You didn't do anything to to get it or to get a hold of it. But I come tonight to tell you that Jesus Christ went to the cross. And no man took his life. For as a matter of fact, he said, I lay it down. In other words, I am sacrificing it for you. I am giving it up for you. I am making a way for mankind to have an opportunity for salvation. For there is no other way that you can be saved other than by the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I come tonight to tell you no matter where you are, no matter how deep in sin you feel, no matter how lost in direction you feel, there is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Woo, somebody give the Lord praise in the house tonight. Come on, lift up your voice and give Him praise in the house. When we stand before Him on Judgment Day, You're not going to stand before him next to the person that you're comparing yourself to and say, well, I'm better than they are. Or they did it, why couldn't I? Or surely I was as good as them. But when we stand before him that day, we're going to stand before him with a book open. And there is one thing that is going to judge us. It is going to be the word of God. And besides the word of God, I believe it's going to be the decisions that we made at the foot of the cross. Tonight I speak to every man, woman, boy, or girl in this house as I close. How long has it been since the cross has gripped you? How long has it been Since the cross has grabbed your heart. Since the reality of the cross has grabbed your spirit and your soul and pulled you back into perspective and realized that we're living life unto ourselves. 
heads are bowed and eyes are closed in the house tonight. When you stand before him, it will not matter how much you have gained. It will not matter how many times you've won. It will not matter how much you had. It will not matter how many times your name is recognized in this life. All that will matter is your relationship with the cross. A young couple fresh in ministry sat at their piano and composed the song. There is room at the cross for you. Millions have come, but there's room for one. There is room at the cross for you. I speak to this entire congregation tonight as the Spirit of God is walking up and down the hallway and the aisleways of this room. There's room at the cross for you. Millions have come, but there's still room for one. There's room here for you tonight. These altars are open. The Lord is speaking to hearts in this room tonight. Would you step from where you are? If you can't come forward, maybe you'd like to kneel right where you are, but you need to talk to the Lord. This is a personal call tonight. I feel the burden of this message lifting off of me right now, and it's resting upon you. How will you respond to what God is speaking to your spirit tonight? Could we just turn this entire sanctuary into a prayer room for a little while tonight? <laughs> 